And uh, what was the thing I was going to ask? TJ, I was going to ask you because I forgot. When is Metrocon? Uh, I leave tomorrow. That's when Metrocon is. All right. Gotcha. What the f*** is going on down there? They just need to have chairs where you sit on the change box, on the money box. So if they want to get it, they like got to get you off that chair. Well, it's it's the, the the sucky thing, right? Is that it's telling the artists, all right, you guys all got to basically have either deal with sitting on a fat wallet or have like a what do you call it? The thing all the wrestlers have those little hip hip a fanny pack. Yeah, fanny pack. I saw a decent suggestion of, like, what if in future all people who buy an art table, it's like an extra five bucks, but they get a fanny pack with the table. And it's like, you know, that sounds silly, but also, hey, maybe sounds kind of sensible. It seems like the one defense is to have all your money on you all the time. Yeah, I, I've also seen somebody talking about getting, like, the full-on, like, traveler's money wallet pouch thing, where it's like, it's like a fanny pack, but it tucks under your pants oh i have one of those yeah those the problem with those is those really suck when you need to get the money in and out all the time right so fan, the, the upside of the fanny not pack saying is, it's convenient but that keeps people from like dipping your wallet so I, th- I think the fanny pack gives you best of both worlds because then you can still access the cash to give change and mm-hmm. as far as i know these thieves have not yet managed to snag money off of a person it's always been out of a box uh, or, or you know, off a shelf, or in you know, in Nick's case, it sounds like they slipped under the front of his table and yanked something out from under his chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, have the money on you. Hey everyone, welcome to WTF at TFW, where we celebrate our tenth anniversary by griping about convention thieves. Uh, I'm joined by Aaron, who was, I think, you and me were both standing right there when it happened. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm still, and they were slick enough. We really didn't know about. I'm it. still really mad. I, I and it's utterly like this is macho posturing, but like I'm still really mad that I was standing right there because I had I had been half seriously macho posturing along with Ken Noisemays about how like hey if we see one of these thieves we'll just we'll just freaking knock them over because uh, the artist alley's so thin. But uh, yeah, this is like this is multiple different types of anger, but one of them is completely macho shame anger. Uh, TJ, hello, welcome. <laughs> Hi, uh, it's an awkward topic. Uh, well, bear in mind, the, all, all these thefts seem to be based around the Ontario and Quebec area that is pretty far from Florida. So, I don't know, maybe they're up for a road trip. That would be really be, weird. Might be an international network of con thieves, you never know. Yeah, I mean, what a what an unfortunate way for a lot of conventions to have to start thinking about this stuff, and then even when they are, having to think even harder about this stuff. Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Nick Roche at TFCon was unfortunately the victim, and not the first victim, of a chain of thefts going on in my province's area at conventions. This was the fourth show to be hit by that. Um, thank goodness the community proved itself to be amazing. Uh, Nick did not get that money back, but he did get the monetary amount back uh, through some fundraising efforts and also a lot of folks, myself included, buying a few more prints off of him than maybe we had been planning to in the first place. Um, very beautiful to watch, you know, even if it is for a crummy reason. But TJ, you're heading to MetroCon this weekend. Uh, indeed, I am. And uh, 
Oh, I was going to say, aside from, you know, having to carry a folding chair around with you in case these Canadian thieves had your way, uh, you got anything you're really psyched for at that show? Yeah. God, I'm, the tripod I'm carrying this year is heavier than a folding chair, so that's no worry there. <laughs> Don't commit theft in front of the videographers. Yeah. We're carrying lead baseball bats, for a lack of a better term. Strangely enough, what I'm looking forward to the most, even though, like, I, lo- I, I dig the guests. I love seeing all my friends there every year, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this year, for whatever reason, they're bringing in Kaiju Big Battle. Oh, my God. You got to get Dr. Cube's autograph as, do- as Dr. Cube is there. Hitting me? It's the, it, I've never taken a selfie with anyone in my life. I'm, I need a selfie with Dr. Cube. Also, if Ultra Mantis Black is there for any reason, can you please get me his autograph? Because that dude is cool. <laughs> Like, I don't know, he's not necessarily part of Kaiju Big Battle, I just know he has been allies with Dr. Cube in the past, and so I'm never <laughs> ruling it out that he might show up. Uh, uh, fingers, fingers are crossed right now for Uchuchu the Space Bug, and, God, like, there's a there's a pipe dream in me, it's like, well, this is a small show, maybe they'll dig out the Faden costume for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah, but, no, that would be, that would be nuts. <laughs> that, that'd be, that'd be way too surreal, I'd have to walk out of the room right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. seriously looking forward to that because I never thought I'd get to see one of their shows. Yeah, that's absolutely hype. Uh, that's also like a half step away from like some of the the more fun Shikara folks just like showing up too. Like there oh, was yeah. a, a Pax Wrestling thing where uh, I've, I forgot who the who the other one was, but Ophidian showed up and uh, Ophidian and the other Chikara dude like did this hilarious like snake charmer thing. Uh, it's really hard to describe. It just it looked like a seventies Tokusatsu move. Uh, where wherein one of them holds the other up, and the one who's held up starts wiggling around like a snake to hypnotize the crowd. Uh, it was quite funny. Anyway, this is a Transformers podcast. Hello! Uh, we are now into the realm of celebrating ten years of doing a podcast, uh, which is a definitely sobering thought. Uh, me and Aaron talked about this off and on over uh, TFCon weekend since it had come up. And I thought a fun mm-hmm. thing to do, uh, just so we do something, is... Um, well, I was going to say reflect, but that's actually that sounds a lot more depressing now that I'm saying it out loud. But uh, I don't know, Aaron. How do you feel about uh, a decade of recording your own voice? I kind of have a hard time believing it. Me too. Like it's not been ten years for real, has it? I mean, we we figured out that there is a soft like what three week period in which it is ten years at some point, <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, you know, if we go by publish date or by fifty two times ten, yeah, like this is fifty two times ten. This is episode e- e- five twenty. E- even even then, I think in three weeks, I'm not going to go. Oh yes, that's been ten years. Yeah, it's not like it's all of a sudden going to settle. Um, because like time, like what, what is time? Uh, time is uh, an ephemeral force. Time is often uh, built on uh, memories. Um, mm-hmm. oh, there's a very poetic line about what time is that involves like the word, oh, is it's about, about memories and regret. And that's not like what time is. That's what like, one form of it is. Uh, it was a cover, um, from the, from the big Uta Lemper album. Uh, shouts out to anyone who knows what I'm talking about in the listenership. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's hard for, like, I still feel like the podcast is fairly, is, is kind of just, it's just starting to figure itself out is how I'm always feeling. 
uh tj we you've been recording your voice as well and i mean we've also been recording videos you and i but just in the in the context of the podcast we have like a decade of our recorded voice sometimes even our hopes and dreams are uh are what we're working on what we're up to uh i can never go back and listen to any of it but how do you feel <laughs> It is bizarre because there's just part of me that never really viewed this as like a a weekly or biweekly thing that we do. I I I, I kind of still just I still kind of just view the podcast as I'm chatting with my friends and we just happen to record it. Yeah. It just doesn't. It, yeah, just going it that way is like it's surreal to think about how long we've been doing this. Yeah, and, like, there was a period, I think, in the first three years where I think we all were kind of thinking, like, all right, how do we take this to the next level? And then, you know, we kind of, we learned a couple lessons about media making along the way there. And and we looked at those stairs and went, no. Yeah. Well, re- That's good. Some, some realisms came into play. And, like, I, I was thinking about it when I was uh, having my Thai food uh, delivery uh, dinner today, because that's, that's my lifestyle. About how, like, I feel like I'm, I am just in the most comfortable place with the podcast I think I'll ever be in, and I don't really want to push it harder, <laughs> to be honest, because it's like when we're recording, it's very laid back. We're just sort of figuring out, you know, we're, we're in periods now where, where both uh, teams have got reasons where we're sort of figuring out on the fly when we're recording. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, both teams have uh, have have trickled down in, a, in their original numbers in a way that um, kind of helps the current situation. Where when we're trying to figure stuff out at the last minute, it's only one or two people who really have to be um, flexible, um, as opposed to like you know th- three or four. Um, right. And and then the way that this podcast feels kind of kind of more legit on a level above that is when we're, whenever we do like podcast panels, and I and then I see in person that there are people who actually listen to the show, and that's kind of leaving me satisfied as far as what the podcast is. Uh, probably not the news everyone wants to hear on a 10th anniversary, where it's like, what's the big announcement? And the big announcement is like, we are peak, and we are happy. Everything will proceed as normally. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but I feel like it's a good, it's a nice, like, it's a nice thing to say, especially, like, one of the questions we had at the Sunday roundtable was, was a question about, you know, how to not burn out, or how to, how to find, like, that right level of energy, and, and I feel like we kind of found it. Uh... It's why, like, I'll, since I haven't said it for a while, one of the reasons why I don't really seek out new regular hosts is because we have hit this level of comfort that I feel like we're all kind of happy with. Um, I'm not saying I would never seek out new hosts. It's just that right now, with everyone's different personal situations, uh, we're we're on a very stable uh, wavelength, is what I'll call it. So... I'm just pleased at how we're moving. Really, the only thing I'm worried about is the fact that I'm not doing a big, crazy 10-year thing that I'm aware of, at least. I had some ideas, and then all those ideas became very daunting, and then some of them also became like, how do I make time for this when I have some other stuff I would really like to accomplish video-wise and and personal life-wise? And so I'm not really sure if there's going to be like a big WTF year X kind of thing. I think it's more like... We're just going to keep, we're going to spend the next year talking about, man, sooner or later, going to do that 10-year celebration. And hey, maybe on year 11 or 12, we'll uh, we'll finally get that 10-year celebration up there. Because I think that's about that's about in line with the standard we've set, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of mention, mention offhand, we'll do something, and then about a year or three later, we maybe do half of it. <laughs> but in a way, we're, we're all happy. <laughs> At least I'm happy. Um, also... 
Another another thing is that we we uh, have formed into a great at convention unit where I wander around and yell a lot, and Aaron um, actually makes things happen on time. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty including an, an interview or two that you went all flaky on. Yeah. Uh, well, I what I'll say is the last time we uh, me and Aaron Archer tried to set something up, we were very close, and then we both got really tired. And I didn't want to be the one to go like, but you said you would. So I, I kind of went like, nah, it's cool. But we, we accomplished, spoilers, we accomplished it this year. Um, we accomplished mm-hmm. three interviews this year. And uh, a lot of that was thanks to Aaron. And it's, it was a very... Uh, uh, and I do have to to uh, give Alfie the thumbs up for also acting as a bit of a fixer. Yes, especially when permission I... when we weren't sure we needed to get permission. I didn't know we would need permission for any of it, and it turns out that, like, walking up to David Kay and just saying, hey, you want to record something in a bit? Like, that's actually going around well, no, the... <laughs> no, not not even quite that. It was David Kay walking up to you saying hello, and then you asking. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to take away the part where I felt cool. I... <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm giving you props where they're due. Thank you. But yeah, like just saying, hey, you want to record something? And going like, yeah, I guess. And then it turns out that you know, you actually when when a when a guest has a handler, you're supposed to actually talk to the handler and talk to the convention <laughs> staff or something. And I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> I'm perpetually living in the YTV the Zone era. I'm perpetually living in the in the MTV um, Silver Age era, where it's just like you walk around with a camera and just do stuff. Um, which is like one that, of the like 2010 TFCon era where it's like yeah. I don't know there's toys right or like the box the you know, the early 2010s botcon eras where it's just like hey y'all want to come to the room I don't know we'll figure something out yeah oh look the garage you, band you got both those kidneys right the garage band thing just ate your recording and we didn't know about redundancies at the time oh, I'm sure Aaron's friend can fix it yeah <laughs> he's like well I'll need to use government equipment that would cost you money and we're like oh not sure if that's actually doable. Uh, anyway, we're gonna get to the topic list now, but, uh, Aaron, thank you for joining me for so long. Hey, no problem. And TJ, thank you for joining me for also so long. It's been fun. Yeah. And, uh, nothing says fun in a podcast, like, jumping into some listener questions. Well, lots of, there's actually lots of other fun things, let's be fair. But, listener questions are pretty fun, too. Uh, and this first one comes in from Triceradon. And, uh, hey, Aaron, how'd you like to read this one? Sure. Triceradon on June 19th, uh, 2018, said, Hello, WTF at TFW Crew. I have a question for you. I have a modest collection of around 200 figures, and even more irritating than actually finding good places to put them is cleaning them. I tend to spend the better part of an afternoon every other weekend going at my figures and shelves with a dust cloth and, and compressed air. For those of you who display your figures on a permanent shelf, how do you clean them all? Do you have any ticks? tricks or tips you've learned that might make the process easier thank you now, i'm not saying that i think only one of us really has that many figures on display in an organized way but tj i have a feeling you're the only one of us who actually has <laughs> a lot of figures on display in an organized way aaron i'm making some assumptions here uh based on conversations but i'll, I'll swing back to you tj what's your trick uh or tip or multiple of them <laughs> for uh for keeping that stuff dusted and clean uh i will admit i generally don't have a trick to it um like for for me kind of going through the shelves and kind of dusting things off is kind of it's one of it's weird one of those weird processes it's kind of like a stress reliever yeah so there's nothing about it's like pressures me it's like oh god i got god it's time to dust that shelf now it's like 
No, I'm just kind of just. I'm standing there and I'm taking like a like a big makeup brush and I'm just and all the dust off real gently like and I don't know. There's I don't know. There's just something soothing about it to me. Yeah. And there's a and, and you know talking about your tools like in your case and I think it's going to be the case really. There's no real magic trick to do dusting of figures any way that you know it's like you have a, a physical tool like a brush, a cloth, uh, a, a duster. You have maybe some compressed air if you have some real badly caked stuff. Um, something without stickers, maybe you have a very, very slightly damp cloth, because um, that, that's actually really good at picking up dust, it's just you don't want to use that on anything that's got paper on it. Um, but uh, aside from that, the only other thing, trick-wise, I can think of to just prevent dust is get a bookshelf with doors and weather strip the doors. Uh, that can help a lot. If you don't weather strip the doors, it still helps a lot. Um, yeah. that, that's actually kind of one of my tricks, is when I have stuff that's not in boxes... Uh, I, I try to, I, I, from now on have gotten rid of the part where I'm like, Hey, maybe some of my shelves won't have doors. I'm like, no, I'm getting some doors for every other shelf I have that doesn't have doors. Uh, cause I, I have looked at some of the shelves, uh, where I left them alone for a year and it's like, even though it's on a shelf and it's, it's high up and it's even just boxes, the edge of the shelf has this real nasty, like, just like dust, uh, layer that I dislike. I hate dust. Like, what? How do we? How's it 2018 and dust is still a problem? What do we still shed skin or something? When do we get that magic cream that like just seals our pores up and turns us into plastic people? Like that'll solve it, right? I was watching some Detroit the other day. It's a video game. Uh, Aaron, do you have a lot of stuff on display, or are you still in the state of like a lot of it's sort of just packed up or it's I desk have toys? a room that's just shelves on the walls. Why did Why did I think? For some reason, that you had a lot of stuff mostly just packed up or, like, in... in uh... Oh, I also have a lot of stuff just packed up. Okay. That's where my assumption came from. <laughs> yeah. No, I have bins and bins of stuff packed up. Keep in mind, but, we've like, been talking about this stuff for ten years. and a, a spare bedroom in my house is shelves on every wall and all of it full of Transformers or... Or I, I think two of them are Lego. Well, then how um, do you... Since I had to find space for um, modulars. How do you uh, keep all that stuff clean? It's in a separate room, and I've quit caring. <laughs> Aaron's kind of found... this is that That's not advice for keeping your toys clean. That's kind of just life advice. Mm-hmm. What do you do about the thing? It's in a separate room, and I stopped caring. <laughs> It's a very zen approach to toy cleaning. Because uh, yeah. you just don't. I mean, I, I have gone in and cleaned before. I will use the, um, the, um, it's the, the Swiffer dust magnet, yep. like, wand thing. Yeah, you can get, like, refills for it. Right. And I find that for the most part, especially since um, it's in a room that I'm not in, a lot it doesn't get nearly as much dust on it that is a big um, thing is like dust for those who don't know and hey guess what sometimes people don't know a lot of dust is you yeah it's uh it's your hair it's your skin um you shed a lot of that and it uh eventually if it's if if it's not just landing on the shelf as skin or hair which is a lot grosser to deal with uh it, it's turning into dust so if you ever get mad about dust you just go look at a mirror and glower and you yeah you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that goes a long way for it. And then, um, yeah, it's just a matter of that door stays mostly shut. 
and then I open the door and I go, wow, I have too much crap. Okay, here's another bit of crap. Let's close this door and we're good. See, nobody sees it. Now, after I just said, you know, that was a very healthy way to think about things, Aaron, what Aaron was saying before, that second part he just said is maybe a less healthy way to think about things. And I, I yeah. feel I should point that yeah. out. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, that was what that was what we had a lot of discussion about of um, having to come up with some sort of sorting system and then sorting it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is good to have a sorting system. And here's what I'll say: is, is coming off of just getting into magic cards again. If you just if, if you have a sorting system and you keep up with it, whenever you get new stuff, your life is so much easier. Uh, yeah. I kind of have that going on with toys as well, but with magic cards, I, I read a little bit of stuff on Reddit, and I was like, you know what? Day one, even if it's just commons, I am sorting everything. I am keeping it sorted, uh, and that has been a massive boon. Yeah, I need. I need more sorting in all phases of of all of my collecting stuff. Yeah, it's it's all. I mean, the longer you go without it, the harder it is to start. Obviously, uh, let's say uh, ten years of podcast or so. Yeah, you know. So if you have about a decade of sorting to do, that can be daunting. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, even starting, even I think another thing that's really hard to accept, and this is I, I'm going to just throw this out there. This is where I have this habit of I can give good advice even if I'm terrible at following it. Uh, so for everyone who isn't me, um, even if you just make a dent in something, you you know, if you're looking at a huge mess and you make a tiny dent, you've sorted maybe 1% of it. That's still 1% of it. And that's stuff that was unsorted that is now sorted. Uh, and that's an important thing to remember, you know, to, to, to try to not give up or to not feel like you're not accomplishing anything is it's, you know, it's still something. Um, because as far as tricks for cleaning, uh... TJ covered a bunch of it, and then some of the follow-up I threw in there covers a lot more of it. It's just, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of grueling work, but at the end of the day, you know, a duster, a cloth, um, a brush, uh, some compressed air, um, a damp, like, J-cloth, if there's no stickers, uh, and only very lightly damp, I should mention. Um, all that stuff can, can, can keep your stuff a lot more clean, and, uh... As far as, like, how to prevent it from getting too dirty in the first place, like, look into doors. If you have shelving of any kind, like, if you, it, it's easiest if you got Ikea shelving, because if you get billies, they make doors for those. Um, but anything with doors will help a lot, and just, the you know, that said, bear in mind, doors will not utterly prevent it if there's any gaps. So if you want to have, like, hyperbaric chambers for your toys, get some of that weather stripping stuff and uh, and have a go at it. Uh, I also absolutely want to throw this out to the listeners in case anyone out there has any more cool tips or tricks for for toy cleaning. Um, Oh, one other one. If you have a transformer with a lot of nooks and crannies that's gotten really dusted, uh, a little jar or a little cup of, like, warm water and a couple Q-tips. Much like with a damp cloth, damp Q-tips are really great for getting dust out of crevices in toys. Um, And, again, it's busy work. But, you know, that way you just don't feel hopeless about it, maybe, if if you're looking at something that's really caked in. Uh, I used some Q-tips to undust um, a G1 Fort Max uh, earlier this year, and uh, okay, I didn't. I don't know if I got everything, but I got all the stuff I could see, and that still felt pretty good. Um. Anyway, thanks for your question, Triceradon. Uh, we got another one here from uh, Jr. Golden Forty Two over on Twitter. I'll, I'll read this one for you. Uh, 
says, here's a podcast listener question for you, warm, toasty fruitcake at TFW people. Say you've been tasked with show running the next Transformers cartoon and comic, uh, or comic, and have been given the series elevator pitch and must flesh it out. The series is based on the IDW Circa, um, end of Windblade Volume 2 setting. So the war is over, contact with colonies has been established, characters based on all different continuity families are showing up, and Starscream is space president. But different enough that you don't have to worry about who's alive or dead, and you have free reign to use any character. The series focuses on a team of morally great Decepticons and morally dubious Autobots who are tasked with going on missions to track down at-large Decepticon threats who were not captured after the war and performing other off-the-book operations for Starscream while working off their prison sentences. So basically, Suicide Squad or Thunderbolts for Transformers. What characters would you use to fill out... I'm going to leave the number out because that way we don't have to feel like we have to come up with everything, but what characters would you use to, to fill out some of that cast? Uh, who would be their straight-laced team leader and handler? What rogue cons or secret threats would they be tasked with taking care of? Thanks for answering. Shaklackety. P.S. Bonus points if you can incorporate characters or concepts from the greater Hasbro universe. Uh, I want to really quickly throw out that basically what he described is my dream Transformers media, and it's everything that I had hoped we'd get years of um, once we hit that point in IDW. We, we did get some years of it, but we also got just enough that I wish we had more. Uh, so this is, I think this is a really solid question because this is a setting that did exist and I think it's it's a booming idea that could make for a really good show as well. Um, it's kind of wreckers, though, isn't it? Well, oh, it's, oh, you know, yeah, kind of wreckers, kind of kind of Decepticon wreckers, I guess. Um, but with I think the part where you have President Starscream gives it a, a different tone than right. You know, your general wreckers stuff. Um. Because I mean, a lot of the a lot of the characters from the comics really are the first ones I think of because we got hints of them during this kind of setting, you know. Like, um, uh, who was the uh, who was the guy who turned into Menosaur's chest in Combiner Wars? Blackjack. Uh, Blackjack. Blackjack. Um, the stuff they showed for Blackjack, where he was like the uh, the Decepticon cop, basically, um, kind of filling a barricade role, except like only you know slightly corrupt, but also maybe slightly well-meaning. I'm I'm vaguely remembering some stuff here. I really like that character. Um, just like, I guess, like Blackjack filling the role of the guy who is, uh, he's been brought in because he's, you know, you tell him what his role is going to be and he really likes the idea of like, hey, I get to be the cop. I get to be in charge. Um, I, I like the idea of a Decepticon who's who's into the the idea of being part of the authority, you know? Uh, but I don't know, who else could you guys think of that might, might fit a a setting like that? You know, President Starscream's secret hit squad, in a way. Uh, in a Thunderbolt or... Well, in a, in a, in a Suicide Squad-style way, there's part of me that... There's part of me that wants it to be uh, G1 Tankor, the Micromaster, who's kicked oh, onto the yeah. team... Kicked onto the team by fat and tall Tankor, because they want to get rid of him. Yeah! And that that works okay. in some of the colony stuff because there was um there was a whole micromaster combiner colony uh, division uh, that that did not get enough screen time quote unquote in IDW yeah because that was like Euler yeah Euler and uh, also there's two Vanquish and whoever Vanquish's partner is were on the council um I really like the idea of division I wish we'd had a whole book there. <laughs> No, I got to thinking about that today because I was I was going through random pages on TF Wiki and it uh, it came up to till all are one and one of the ideas was they didn't get to do was to have uh, all Tankor and Fat Tankor find the original G one Tankor and absolutely hate him for no reason. 
Yeah. It's like he's not, he's not cool <laughs> enough for the tank or click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to try to not get maudlin about the lack of till all our one in our lives. But uh, I love that idea. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else would be cool. There's so many good ideas. Like it is, I think this idea is also all about like what can we pull that isn't obvious or who isn't someone who, that's been in other books before and, and had lots of screen time. I'd like to see some of the other, um, like potentially the like the Rainmaker jets. Oh yeah, one of them. Like like the third tier seekers. Yeah, Acid Storm got some pretty good screen time in the uh, the annual, the, to- the the Thundercracker annual, I think it was, uh, the one where he's making the Starscream movie, um, right? Because uh, Acid Rain, you know, got the role of Starscream at a cer- at least some point in that book, um, right? That that had a pretty fun throwback in in one of the books. They're all kind of jumbled up in my head now, but in one of the recent books in the last couple of months, there was some, some bit where Acid Rain was like griping about the part where he had to be starscream in a movie uh no not griping he was, mm-hmm. he was happy about the part and he was telling starscream like this is why this is this is why we're uh you know we just want to get back to good old simple times and and we don't want any, any more fighting i want to i want to be an actor in a movie again that was fun um but yeah like the purple one the the was there was um is he it's the purple one the yellow one and the green one and the purple one's the one that we always forget right right yeah, well, if we're going by the we're going by the botcon approach, and they actually have names now, I'll never There's, remember. <laughs> it's like sunstorm, acid storm, and something else, like water storm. Water storm is what it's called. Storm. <laughs> you know what? That could be. Or good, good, good. I was gonna say. I was gonna say if like the rainmakers are extended, and you get to like C and D level rainmakers. If seekers are at the top, and rainmakers are C class, and they get down to the the D and the E, and you just have just drizzle. Yeah, drizzle. Yeah. I was about to say our conversation could actually make for a great story of like you know one of these like bottom rung seekers where people literally just can't remember their names. So it's just like, oh yeah, you acid storm. I'm not acid storm, right? Sunstorm, no, that's not me either. Uh, water bucket, no. Drizzle, okay. no. No, God, I wish I could be a water bucket. <laughs> none, none of these are my name. Also, I have some really good ideas, by the way, for how to run the play. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Starscream lookalike dude. Huh? These 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 rainmakers always thinking they're people. Um. I had a fun idea for, like, one of the threats they could go after, and this is going back to, like, one of my favorite, um, I think it was, like, kind of a tech spec only idea, really, but you guys remember Transmetal 2 Scourge? He was that really, really demented-looking Transmetal Locust thing? Yes. I've always been into the idea, because I I just always got this idea, maybe I thought it up when I was a kid, I don't know, I, I haven't looked at his bio in a while, but in my head... His characterization is always that of kind of like, you know, a, a, another tarantulas in a way, like another mad scientist. Uh, okay. And I just always, I always wanted to see like Transmetal 2 Scourge in a story somewhere as like a, a viable threat. Um, you know, some kind of mad scientist. Maybe he's working with Arachnid because, you know, she's, she's a Eucharist canon. Um, I think that would be, a, that would be a fun thing as like one of the things they have to track down. Um, or this is someone I think I I think I saw him in one of the books, but I don't really know the state of him. But like, um, uh, Beast Box, you know, like the the cassette combiner for the Decepticons. Mm-hmm. 
kind of mm-hmm. cool to like touch on something like that where like after having all the enigma of combination stuff like what if it was like hey the enigma also shot these like data droid these these data drone decepticons and and now they're getting all like they're getting these these delusions of grandeur that they're going to be like devastator you know the next devastator and they're they combine to be the size of a normal transformer um I don't know. I, I love this. I love this this setting idea. I think th- it's one of the few things where, like, no matter what happens with the end of IDW, I will be sad that we will not be, you know, in a more prolonged sense, spending time with the uh, the President Starscream new Council of Worlds era. It's just so ripe for storytelling. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Do you guys have any other any other thoughts? Any other ideas popping to mind? Who do we throw up as the handler? Uh, All right. My thought was Armada Scavenger. Uh, the, he, oh, yeah. He totally, especially even if you just keep the, the, the characterization from Armada. Mm-hmm. He's just like the gruff old veteran, but he's not Ironhide. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like one of the other gruff old veterans. Yeah. And he's built like the Hulk. So who's going to try crossing him? Yeah. Oh, and what if there was like um. Just going off the the, the gruff old veteran aesthetic, because I mean by this point Ironhide's also the, the kind of in charge of the police on Cybertron, mm-hmm. and what if it's like Armada Scavenger is like one of Ironhide's old you know gruff old veteran war buddies, and now he's looking at his old friend getting this shiny new job, and maybe he's starting to feel a little bit a little bit you know jealous, you know he's like he's like hey Ironhide's getting this new lease on life, whereas me I'm. <laughs> I want something too, and then you know, President Starscream's like, I don't know, look after these idiots. He just finds him at McAdams. Yeah. Oh, he's at McAdams, but with the poncho on. Yes. Remember the first time he appeared, he had that huge poncho. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. Um, that's yeah, that's an excellent suggestion for the handler. I, man, yeah, that's good. And then part of me's like, and then red alert as the like adjunct that just can't get anything right and they sometimes have to work around yeah because i mean this this is this isn't necessarily idw um you know legit idw uh continuity so we don't have to worry about the state of red alert in lost light like yeah just have him around as like uh or even as like what if what if he's like the autobot liaison you know like there's an agreement oh, yeah like- that's even better and and even like scavenger has to work around him sometimes yeah, and, and also he's utterly paranoid, so it's like their liaison is also, like, constantly assuming the worst of all of them. Um, whereas, hey, maybe Scavenger, like, you know, in the course of, like, a story or two, he comes to respect the team, and they kind of get this camaraderie going, and then it's Red Alert who's like, ah, can't trust Decepticons, they they all want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm way into this. I'm I'm hoping a, a setting like this w- will come up in whatever new IDW is, even if it's for like a one-off thing. Um, it just feels like one of those one of those uh, not literally the setting from IDW, but like something like this, a post-war atmosphere like this for a story. Um, it's something I really hope that they touch on at some point again. Um, it's just so good, like for storytelling. Um. I don't. I don't want to linger on it too much longer. Do you guys have any other any other big ideas in mind? Or... No, I think I'm good. Let's do the bonus points thing quickly, uh, and I'm going to be real cheap and cheesy here because he said uh, appropriate, you know, other greater Hasbro universe things. 
the the Space Knights, Rom and the Space Knights, they gelled together with Transformers better than any other Hasbro property did in the big uh, Revolutionaries thing. Um, so I, I would say that they would fit this perfectly. You make, you make the Space Knights are the military police of like the overall Galactic Council. Yeah, that, or, or implied that Cybertron's at least. not that Cybertron's not like at war with or against. They're just kind of like parallel things, and for the most part, it's like IDW where they're like, oh, Cybertronians, you just like, like, can you just stay in your own, just like stay in your own corner, man? And they're like the the friction interact. Yeah. Or it's like... Or like whenever you see the cop show, they're like, ah, the feds are here now. Yeah, I'm thinking like, like you know, with the idea this is a series... It's it's maybe for in in you know season one year one it's just one episode where it's like something really bad happens and then Starscream's like like no we'll handle it and then he gets a call and he's like oh no the the the, the space knights are coming we've we we've got the ire of the space knights now and he's telling and he's telling the group like you need to clean this up before the space knights find out anything incriminating and I'm like what do you mean he's because like because of course I was doing illegal things. <laughs> Yeah, but I was gonna cover it up, and it was all gonna be fine. Now we got space knights poking around. You got to cover this up. I'll do what I can, being president and all. But you, you better clean up my mess. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yes. All right. We should uh, we should continue on though. We got uh, another listener question here from Bolt Matrix. Uh, TJ, would you like to read this one? Sure. Question for the podcast. What very dumb movie figure would you like to see featured in the studio series? A fully combining RC, a cool scalpel, the old falling apart Autobot from The Last Night, Alice, our collective dignity. Congrats on 500 years of podcasts, Bolt. Thanks, Bolt. Thanks for making us all, in, a, in just a moment of irrationality, feel even older. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, thanks for listing like half of my ideas in the friggin' question. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Studio Series fully combining RC. I'd love to see Studio Series scalpel uh, every bit part background character from the last night. Uh, I, I would love to see. The twins in their ice cream truck mode. Hello. Imagine a Voyager box where it's like, hey, we're going to do the ice cream cr- truck uh, twins, but, like, not cram the two of them together as a deluxe. Mm-hmm. I would kind of like to see that. Um well, Aaron, do you have any like that? I guess that's that's yours, right? Like for a very dumb movie figure, what what yeah. is dumber than the ice cream truck combiner version of the twins? Devastator's testicles. That's not a figure. That's an action feature. That's they were the sixth Combaticon or seventh or ninth, depending on which set you had. Ew. Yeah. Also <laughs> testicles. You don't that's remember Bali movie for. <laughs> I'm okay. You know, you you said Bali. You know what my brain did? I'm just gonna say it. It spelled it like Wall E, B A L L dash E. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? They friggin' would have those movies. They would have done that gag. <laughs> That's in character. Uh. Well, TJ, do you have what's, what's some dumb movie stuff you'd like to see with the studio series polish? Well, it's specifically asking for very dumb. So I feel like I have to hold to the letter of the question. Yeah. Oh, oh. For very dumb, my brain goes to leader class ejector. Full-size toaster. 
Studio Series Does it actually, quality. Do, wait, 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 though. Wait, though. You can't start that and not complete the thought. Fully yeah, work. it works. Will it make it toast? Works. It has to work. It's another, okay. Another crossover with Xiaomi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all said the tablet, started, tablet sound wave didn't work. Well, screw y'all. We made an actual working toaster. Don't ever bother us again. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, I, like if if they just did like a um, at the deluxe price point, like a two pack or a three pack of appliance bots, as long as it features eject eject. I was about to say, what if it was ejector and dispenser, but that doesn't fit at at that price point anymore. That's got to get bigger, as it should. Yes, do dispenser, do studio series dispenser. That's my answer. Why didn't I think of that earlier? Sorry, I'm vocalizing my thought process. Yeah, <laughs> please pardon me for a second. But ten years, you'd think there'd be a filter. What? Why? Why would there be? A, after, there that, was a filter. He's burned through it. Yeah, I got rid yeah, of that that's filter. That's probably true. That filter. He, was... he didn't take it out and dust it at any point in time. No, no, of course not. He needed our tips. That filter was holding me back. Uh, without that filter, I operate at one hundred and ten percent podcastitude. Uh, it's metric podcastitude, by the way. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> Dispensor, I think, is my big one that, that you know, Bolt Matrix did not already list off in the question. Because uh, I, I think that of ones I just want to see in Studio Series, it is the, the Bike Girls. I want to see the Bike Girls, and I want to see them combine. Um, as, like, a leader class box set of the three of them. Uh, I want that idea to get its final, you know, its final little chance at life before everything shuts down for that movie verse because that was one of the coolest ideas that was ever completely and utterly blue balled in the toy line and I'm, I'm using that phrase because it took how long was it that they were slowly releasing those with the haphazard confirmation that it will all it'll all totally work it was like it was mm-hmm. at least a year, if not an actual year and a half, that those stupid things were coming out, and the, the Hasbro Q&As kept changing in tone from, oh, yes, they'll combine, to, no, uh, well, you know, we're figuring it out, but we, we did design them to combine, and they'll totally do it by the end of things, to, like, they don't combine. And in fact, we never said no, they combine. Yeah, combining? Yeah. Who, who mentioned anything about combining? Yeah. Are you, just, like, are you just... nuts? You think we're going <laughs> to... We did engage the lawyers to get rid of all that evidence, right? Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't combine at all. I, I remember that that friggin' that prolonged, terrible. Multi, multi, I, I feel like it was multiple years. I might be off base there, but I I feel like it wasn't until like the the reveal the shield era when we finally heard that like no, this is actually all nothing. Well, the it was, was for the for the longest time. It was like oh no no wait, Elita one. We're still working on. It's gonna bring it all together. That's yeah. where you get the instructions for how to put it together. And then, like, by then, they had rolled over to uh, the Yellow Box Transformers movie line, and it's, it's they just kind of threw a repaint out there. Like, I feel like you kind of had to be there to get why this is such a thing for me. But if anyone was really in the fandom, uh, into the fandom, and into the toy line in, like, 2008, 2009, uh, like, that's... That was a big friggin' long thing, um, mm-hmm. and I would like to see Studio Series finally, you know, satisfy me uh, on that front. Um, but yeah, I think I think we really hit a lot of the the, the, the best dumb stuff. So uh, thank you for the question, Bolt Matrix, and uh, thank you for your good ideas, which I actually hope they make a few of along with ours. 
Uh, we have another listener question here from T Former Customs, uh, and uh, hopefully you guys can see the image that's attached to it. I think it pasted properly. Um, yeah. He says, hello there. It's your boy, T. Forma, back with a listener question for the Wise Podcasters. Is there any particular vehicle, object, or animal that you'd like to see as a Transformer in some form of visual media? I just don't mean, uh, or I don't just mean a plane or a car. I mean a specific or even individual thing you'd like to see. For example, I'd like to see the locomotive I work on, the Pair Marquette 1225, as a Transformer. I look forward to your responses and wish you all the best. And uh, he shared a photo of, of what that looks like. You guys can look it up. It's the pair, P-E-R-E, Marquette, M-A-R-Q-U-E-T-T-E, uh, 12225. Father Marquette. Or 1225, yeah. Yeah, the Father Marquette. Uh, pair is father in French. Mm-hmm. And apparently T-Formers is the furthest on the left in the photo. So, hey, I see you there. I see you. Standing on your locomotive with your coveralls, looking all like a professional. I get you. Um, Aaron, I wonder if you have an answer to this question. As a very specific vehicle? Man, I don't know. Well, you had one, and they they did it. What, like Leader Blackout? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. That was your one that I always remembered for the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, now at this point, I'd like to see a, a, a Blackhawk done, maybe? All right, there but... you go. Or actually, no. No, still always for me, the new hotness would be the uh, the 97 Raider. The new coaxial helicopter. That Sikorsky got flying again recently, after it landed a little bit too hard. Oh, does it? Did it, did it have trouble landing because it uh, it was using like some weird magic ideas to? <laughs> um, it encountered a downward gust while landing, I believe, and uh, it landed a little bit harder than was expected. And however, it took all the shock in the landing gear, like it's supposed to. But uh, then they got to do a whole bunch of rebuild on it. Hmm. I was trying to think of a way to spin some more helicopters aren't real into that, but I actually kind of ran out. Uh, I'm glad that the I'm glad that the thing actually still landed okay. Uh, that came in as a giant junk uh, URL, but that guy. <laughs> yeah, let me go look. Oh, that's a Google search URL. It's trying to. You're trying to send yeah, you to I... this thing. All right. I see. Oh, that's all smooth. That looks like a little torpedo. Mm-hmm. That's a nice shape. Yeah, the S97 Raider by Sikorsky. I'd like to see that as a Transformer, because that, that's one of those things where the Transformer wouldn't look a lot like the helicopter, maybe, but then you'd be all amazed at the sleek shape it turns into. Right. Uh, and buttons up into. Um, Except for you know it would have those like three tabs that don't just quite tab all at the same time. Yep, and it would just have a big ass seam line just always slightly splitting open across the front. Like it's not going to be mm-hmm. somewhere nice in the back where you could ignore it. It'll be right in the front. Um, I was just popping over to Twitter for a second since I, I wanted to get away from that URL in case there was like a video or something. And then I I just caught it, it, it put right to the top of my Twitter feed you, Aaron, saying your computer headphones are starting to die. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. How are they doing? Uh, my left side is super crackly. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't. Right ear is right ear is fine, and I just have the left tucked back behind. But I occasionally like move forward to be like, was it just that one thing? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I hope that they'll survive at least the rest of the evening. Um, while we're on headphone watch, uh, DJ, have you got like a specific vehicle or animal or whatever that you'd like to see uh, as a transformer? That's 
That's that's actually really tough. I'm I'm very bad at remembering bottles and such as far as vehicles go. Not a whole I'm, lot in my head. I'm totally going just for animal because animals are a lot easier to to just crack off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, if we're go if we're going animal, that gets easier because that goes to any realm I want. Like I think I think one of my go tos was uh, I was I was always waiting for Beast Wars to do some kind of Griffin, and they came close yeah. to hmm. Silverbolt. They came close, and then. Uh, 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 Prime came close. They did an they did a Urzagriff. Yeah. Like I, I I want my lion eagle. Like, why is that so hard? It's like one of the most common <laughs> mythical animals. You've done dragons for years, especially when eagle. you you also literally did fusors. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fusors was like. Uh, that th- that should have expanded into like this whole line of mythical creature transformers, and you could have still had your dragon Megatron and all that. Yeah, and like and like for considering how many fusors there actually are when you go into the basics and everything, it's like you actually you actually filled out a lot of different character sheets for fusors while never hitting Griffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you gave me a tiger hawk. Close. Yep. Well, there was a there was a lion something. Right? Was it a lion snake? One of my. It was one of the basics. Um, lion snake. Uh, it's not uh, Noctoro. That was a bull Bantor. Bat. Bantor. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a. He's like a tiger baboon. Yeah. I always liked Bantor. That was an okay toy. Those the the basic fusors are some of my favorite uh, pieces from that year because like. They are very hit or miss, but in a way that's like adventurous and extremely fun. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very much like a, a tried something interesting. Yeah, not like we totally missed the mark, but like, nah, you were on like the six ring. Yeah, like, even even at their it, worst, it, it was right? on target. At, at their worst, it's like, no, I actually don't know how you could have done this differently. I just think maybe you shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have done this, but you know what, you did it. <laughs> Yes, or like congratulations. Where, where... It's, it's a it's a fish glued to a bee. Yeah. Or like like actually Noctoro is one of my favorite ones to bring up because like at a glance, unless you're really looking at him, he kind of just looks like a bat. <laughs> um like like if you just sort of look at Noctoro in package from like top down, you don't really notice the horns. You're just like, I don't know, it's a demon bat. And you kinda I, I always found I had to sort of look at it really closely to get the part where there was a bull. Um also because it's like, you know, black bull, black bat. It just, it just looks like a bat. It looks like a mutant bat. Uh, mm-hmm. The bull part never really connected with me that much as a kid. Um, and, it, yeah, for myself, uh, I'm trying to think. We've done a vehicle. We did an animal. I want to think of an object. Because animal-wise, uh, I don't know why this is this is full front in my head. I just want to see, like, parrots. I want to see Transformers that turn into, into common household parrots. You know, the very smart ones that live for a long time. Beast Wars Squawk Talk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, Squawk Talk and Beast Box as an actual parrot and an actual ape who combine together—that would be kind of fun. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking object-wise. I'm like, what are objects I use? I always wanted to kind of see like a toothbrush. Um, 
like like a transformer like an electric toothbrush and his arm is the toothbrush but like you know it, it kind of f- slides open slightly or like splits open it's kind of like a not a laser sword but like you know imagine if the toothbrush split in half lengthwise and in between that stuff was just like a grid of like you know lasers that could like slice through stuff um but also like this character would be a complete hard ass because he's like you know my arm is a deadly lethal you know slicing weapon and it's like you turn you turn into a toothbrush, and I'm like, and it's, he's like, yeah. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you into into little a chunks like death in, brush. It, it would be like you remember in Cube, like the laser grid, or in, uh, in mm-hmm. Resident Evil, the laser grid in that. It would be like one of the or, or Cube wasn't a laser grid; that was a, a wire grid. But like you know, like a, gr- a a laser grid, like in Resident Evil One, the movie, and he's got that, but it's inside the split open toothbrush, and he just like chunks organics into like a whole bunch of like you know. Little little cubes and 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 hunks of meat. This is this is like some like black ops. Like we need to eliminate a high ranking human figure. They just yeah. hide out in their bathroom, and when they go for the top row of molars, well, and you figured out right. You know what people constantly forget when they travel? It's like oh, I forgot my toothbrush. I got to get a travel toothbrush. And he's so he just he turns into like a, a, a travel electric toothbrush. You know inserts himself among all the all the uh, the goods and sundries at like the hotel or whatever. Yeah. And he like and he's, and he's a total hard ass. He like turns into this like badass little robot who like, you know, in his former life he was all like jet black and like onyx in color and like you could barely see him and because he's turning into a toothbrush, he still has those shapes, but he's like bright white and turquoise and pink. Uh yeah, like this toothbrush assassin who's just a com- no joking. He's just a complete hard ass. Uh that's that's what I want to see. Um, I think his name would be like DK. Uh, and he turns into a toothbrush. Decepticon, obviously. Um, anyone wants to draw that? I'll just throw it out there. That'd be kind of cool to look at. Getting that train going again, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for your question, T Former Customs. Uh, we got one more question here that we want to hit. This comes from Cyber Monkey. Uh, this also has some images, which I tried to paste into our little thing here. I, the the images, if you guys want to see them in the thread, please remind me, and I'll, I'll try to remember to paste them into the thread. Um, yeah, the, the, so they didn't work quite so well for this one. Oh, nuts. Okay. Like, the, the images show up in, like, thumbnail form, but when you click on them, it, for me at least, it goes to a uh, unable to access. Darn. Okay, yeah, they, they were um, attachments to a private message. And so I tried to just copy paste them into the topic list, and yeah, the thumbnails show up, but the blown up ones don't. Um, they're just some some photos of of uh, Cyber Monkey's uh, customs to illustrate a point. Okay. But um, Aaron, do you want to take this question? Sure. Cyber Monkey on June twenty eighth, twenty eighteen, said, "Hi team, thanks for all the years of your great podcast. I was wondering your opinion on custom Transformers." Whether they be unique original characters, better than retail options of existing characters, characters that don't have or don't have easy-to-get toys, crossovers, etc. I am including a few pictures of my own customs to illustrate my point, uh, including a Sins of the Wreckers takeout, Scavenger Spinister, More Than Meets CI Brainstorm, Upgraded Bumblebee, and a crossover Samus Aran. Thanks for your time, stupid monkey. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to say up front. Are any of us actually going to go like I don't like customs? Because I don't, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and take like some kind of. Stance. I think customs are horrible. <laughs> it is a sin against the original artist creation or something. Like, like who's going to take a stance against custom transformers anywhere? 
<laughs> that you would want to actually spend time with and talk to. Oh like, man, you you just ruined the collector's value of that figure. <laughs> How dare you! Like the only time I ever even and I didn't even fully buy into this either because I'm kind of I'm kind of like well you know they bought it right. I kind of got it, and this is a Glios thing back when they did custom core. Where, like, a lot of the figures you were buying from a custom core drop were expensive and somewhat one of a kind. But people were like, oh, but I want to use some parts of this for a custom. And there was a big argument about it. I'm like, I kind of get that. Yeah, that, like, that, kind that, of. that was a mess, though. Like, that, that turned into, like, some D&D prisoner dilemma nonsense. Yeah, and, and it's also, like, I think it would be silly. It's, it's less, I think it'd be a bummer to erase the art of the custom piece. I also think it would be silly to spend the what double to triple cost on a Glyos figure when you could just wait. For like a normal production one, uh, yeah. But yeah, like like I, I, we're all cool with customs, man. Like I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of you, but I don't know. Like DJ, like I feel customs are beautiful. Like they're they're a, an expression of fandom. They're a way yeah. for people to learn how to paint, how to manufacture. We're in an era where you can get 3D printed stuff to enhance customs. Like yeah, like I've seen some incredible stuff from customizers. Uh, like uh, I've received really. Uh, really cool things from customizers are just like i wish i could do that. i've attempted it one time myself enter john sharktacon that's sitting on my desk that looks like r.i.d night cruise i love i love the look of r.i.d night cruise yeah but that it's not very well done it does it is a sloppy attempt at creating it but i've seen things that like that looks like it rolled off the factory floor and i want to know how you did that yeah, or or even like the the ones that that look a, like they look a lot more hand painted. It's like there's a there's a certain just respect to like you went through and you 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 painted up this whole figure, you know. Yeah. Or, or like like you're saying like um the the alligator Megatron that I got off uh, Chrome Tyranno, I believe. Uh, he had like three names, and and now in the moment I am misremembering all of them. But you know, it, it, TFCon America last year in DC he was selling some uh, some customs. It was getaways and alligator Megatrons. That alligator Megatron looked stock. You know, at a glance. If you look real yeah. close, you can kind of see it's painted, but um, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, of these customs that CyberMonkey uh, shared, I gotta try to get these all on the thread. Because, like, the, the Samus Aaron one is a modified Viacon with, like, a Samus Aaron head and, like, a blaster arm. Um, and, and it looks awesome. Like... <laughs> It's it's just Samus Aran's color, like basic color scheme laid onto a Viacon with uh, I'm guessing the head must be coming from either an amiibo or a, a World of Nintendo figure, but it looks amazing. Um, I don't know, Aaron. Like like, how do you feel about customs when you see them? Have you ever you ever go like, man, I want to do that, or do you just appreciate? Um, I wish I had the um like artistic ability to to take a look at one thing. And go, you know what? That'd make a really good other thing, and then being able to follow through with a bunch of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've done a custom class, and I mean, I can go and look and see a paint by number style thing, but um, like my ability to rock that is kind of low. Well, it's the difference between um, like you can apply a technical skill to follow directions versus right. generating those directions from your own right. imagination. You know. Hmm. Um, and, and not everyone can do that. Like I, I, I have a lot of trouble with that. Um, and it's weird. Like I used to be better at just like slapping colors on the thing. Like when I was painting, painting, uh, games workshop stuff, but then like 
as time goes on, for some reason, especially with Transformers stuff, when I've done like some Shapeways things, I'm always like, I have to figure out the perfect color scheme for this because I only have one chance. And it's like, that's not even, that's not the point. That's not the point of right. the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, the customs are awesome. Like, always do customs. Holy crap, yeah. Uh, and by the way, Cyber Monkey, I've been clicking through uh, your customs here in, in full size, and they're looking pretty pretty solid. Uh, I'm curious if you used one of the Shapeways heads for your uh, stakeout, because uh, I've been using Shapeways heads to enhance Shapeways heads and some paint to enhance some of the um, the Rupper Labels conversions for uh, for Combiner Wars, for the Inferno Combiner. Uh, and that stuff's really fun to do. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Thank, thank you for your question. Thanks for sharing. Um, uh, cyber monkey here, but then the, it's signed stupid monkey. So I guess there's two different, two different forms of monkey occupied by the same user. The customizers yeah. have to keep changing your names. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> like every artist needs three, four names all of a sudden. Yeah. All depends on where they're publishing their art. True. I was trying to figure out a way to to real like just clever, smooth like just slip into thing about my name being a symbol, um, but that's a I didn't, and b Prince jokes are are super old now, and uh, mm-hmm. and boy, <laughs> what an old person thing to do. Yeah, you ever did that one guy who changed his name to a symbol? Huh? What if I did that? I'm gonna go watch Chris Farley era Saturday Night Live now. Uh, anyway. Uh, those are some listener questions that we went through. Um, I want to hit some what we got this week because I'm. Can I take a break first? You want to take a break? Yes. On this podcast, you want to take a break? Yes. All right. In the meantime, uh, TJ, let's talk a little bit. Sure. All right. So I had a, a I had a moment where I forgot about the last Glios drop. Mm-hmm. So I went to take a look about an hour late. Uh, and when I got there, all of the, uh, uh what are they? the Mecha Bonds, they were all sold out. Uh, so I saw a new Hades, I saw a new Argen, I kind of looked at it, and, and unfortunately I actually had the moment where I was like, without the Mecha Bonds, I can't actually justify the shipping flat rate. Uh, the Mecha Bonds <laughs> up again, the, the red one. Well, the red one was there, but okay, okay. that was the other thing I had. I was like, I, I don't really want the red one. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to sit this drop out. Um, it seems like it's gone fine still. Did you did you hit this one up? Is I, I will neither confirm nor deny that this is most expensive glass drop I've ever participated in. See, I'm guessing you got in on that new Mechabon part from the uh, from the um, uh, Mecha for- uh, Mecha Force, uh, Mecha Force, Mecha Force. What Robo Force? Robo Force. Yes. Yeah. Actually. Uh, Actually, the white proto version is sitting on my desk right now. Hey, yeah, the um that the on the blog that posts the revolutionaries that piece of artwork. Mm. I was like, if I can't get the figures for that artwork, I think I just need to sit this out. Uh, and it was it was a smart thing to do because also TFCon was literally happening <laughs> like that week, and I was like, I shouldn't spend a bunch of money online right before I go to a convention. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the one like big splurging I allowed myself to do. I've been biting my tongue and holding back everywhere else. Yeah, I ended up just like I ended up doing some dumb spending. Uh, 
in, in all sorts of ways, regardless. But I was curious if you'd gotten in on that drop. I had a feeling you had. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anniversary drops I tend to go in on. Are you at all able to share, perhaps, if you had got enough Mecha Bonds to make a Juggernaut? Um, possibly. All right. You mean I... of the same color? Yeah. Possibly. All right. I uh, I I didn't actually check the comments on this thing. I'm just having a flip. I'm assuming that the Juggernaut is two Mecha Bonds. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. it's, like, it's like it's like the old school Gobon configuration. It's a little beefier. It also looks way cooler with the ridges. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I hope that uh, I, I'm. I mean, this is not. I don't think it'll happen. But if they were to do like just a straight up Hades Force, uh, colorway like 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 jet black and green, <laughs> I would keep up more with whether or not the drop is happening. And, the, uh, the thing the thing about the Megabon was they were being really cagey with the part count. Yeah. Like if you look at the listing that's up right now, it says over 20 parts. Won't say how many over. And ev- like my big speculation because of the colors it first came out in was, oh, they they sneak like a production renegade head in there. Which Ooh. would have been awesome. Uh no, I no, I know what they snuck in. What did they what did they sneak in? Okay, okay, you, you promise not to tell anyone else. Aside from the part where this is recorded, yes. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, no, they snuck in some extra weapon bits that specifically go to other RoboForce characters. Ooh! Like, there's, like, a three-propeller blade for Copdor, and there's, like, a drill for Bulgar. Maybe I should, maybe I should get the red one. <laughs> no, because those things are part of the mold, then. They'll be in another colorway, too. <laughs> dang <laughs> oh that's the timing of things right i can't get everything all at the same time uh nonetheless i might start trolling around the forum sometime later this year see if anyone's letting go of any spare stuff from that wave well, uh an anniversary drop with the excitement of a new figure i'm sure there's somebody who's gonna go that was a little bit too much at some point why why did i buy another four of them after the first hour <laughs> Someone's like, I kind of just clicked 10. I <laughs> <laughs> um, them too, but somehow they sent them all to me. I don't know. Matt was super friendly when I accidentally placed five orders for two. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, I think that, that, that might have happened once or twice. Um, oh, there's some other thing I was thinking of bringing up. Just waiting for Aaron to get back from his mysterious break. He's off. Uh, what do you think Aaron's doing? I think uh, he's like like a helicopter landed in his backyard. And he's like running out there to do like some repairs. But I'm thinking, I, I, I think he's been reminded of how long it's been since he dusted. Oh yeah, he's like, oh my god, yeah. it's been ten years. Oh Jesus! <laughs> he just go, it just op- opens the door and it it it's the Autobot set and it just looks like their volcano headquarters erupted, just covered with the ash. <laughs> Uh, oh, that was the other thing that um, like this, this is all slightly off topic. Pardon me, everybody. The um, the ubiquitous uh, on Big Bad. They got the one with the LEDs up in their new stock stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't picked it up yet, but I forgot. Did you get one with LEDs, or did you just get the the regular one? Uh, the the regular one. The LEDs looked a little bit more frustrating than I wanted to deal with. Okay, I've been trying to. 
I've been trying to find some more info on how the LED thing turned out, but uh, I, mean, I, I, I kind of just glanced around YouTube, basically. I've seen, I've seen that it works well enough. It's just, it's awkward how it works because they don't, in order to make sure it's still modular, you have to tunnel through the USB cables all the way through the panels to where you can actually get them out and plug them in. Yeah. So it seems just, like it would yeah, be so like, badass, but... I mean, yeah, it, I mean, I've seen really cool shots, you know, using them as, like, backlights to give some really cool uh, color effects. Man, that would take so long to... It, it, it seems like it would take so long to set up, threading so yeah. many wires through so many panels. Now I'm just looking at what's come in lately at Big Bad. They got they got their stock of the Gelshocker Combat Man, those, like, the web-exclusive goon. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Fig Arts, so it's a hundred US dollar Fig Art. If you want to get it off there, yeah, sure. Uh, of a goon that you ostensibly want like two or three of. Uh, there's also oh, Boss Fight's doing uh another colorway of Dead Eye Duck with a lunchbox. I saw that. I was trying to figure out. If, I, I assume that there's some kind of inspiration behind that. It says it's a Corsair Canard colorway, so I'm guessing that's supposed to be him before he joined Bucky's crew. Maybe like a it might be like a side character from the show too. Yeah, he comes with a ton of guns. He comes with like like green guns, orange guns, and purple guns. Man, I need I still haven't picked up Dead Eye Duck. I need to pick that figure up. I've got him, but he's not unpacked because I wasn't sure Uh, exactly what I wanted to do with him this week. Yeah, yeah, you got options. Yeah, like okay, I've got the original Dead Eye autographed by Scott. I could get the new one autographed by Scott too. Yeah. Or I, I mean, could yeah, just... the, the, it's a set. <laughs> the set. But also, uh, he's also the only one that's sold out. Like, ugh, like I still want a dead eye, but now it's gonna... tricky to get a hold of. Just get a couple more sets of three and figure out what to do with all the stealth buckies and astral jennies. Uh, here's another thing. Okay, these show up on Big Bad now and then. And I understand, I guess, what they're for, to a degree. But have you seen those one yeah. six scale seamless bodies? You know, I was taking a look at those, and you ever watch videos of them? Because that's a great way to feel like you're watching a snuff film. <laughs> is you're looking at like someone saying, "All right, this is my naked rubber human whose body is seamless. Let me show you how the articulation works." And you're just like, "What if this is like a giant who has a YouTube channel, and that's just a dead person that they've like soaked in formaldehyde?" Seamless. I just came back in a very odd moment. What's up, Aaron? Welcome back to the show. I'm talking about. You've seen the one six scale seamless bodies? No. They're uh, one six scale figures where it's like the body is like a rubber body on a metal skeleton. Uh, And Uh, they always have full genitalia, which means that the product shots for them are kind of awkward to look at. Uh huh. We find you one. No, I always assume those YouTube videos are normal people, but they're the one people. They're the one person who discovered uh, elves and fairies. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm just fully focused on the ones where they sell you naked, seamless bodies, and there are YouTube videos reviewing naked, seamless bodies because I wanted to know what? like, does the skin rip? But... Well, no, no. Like you're gonna, you're thinking, you're thinking of, like the YouTuber out. is giant and these are normal sized bodies. I'm thinking if it's a normal YouTuber and they just found oh, really tiny found people. Humans, oh, yeah, found fairies. Okay, yeah. This is all weird. Am, Aaron, how do you like the I thing? I'm very sent? confused. I assume this is supposed to be like number twenty three. 
like a basketball player perhaps but the part where it's like yeah here's our product shots of naked basketball player with blurred out face and a logo put over his junk and also blurred out logo on the basketball so that you can't tell that it might say spalding <laughs> i didn't even see that oh and i also didn't notice like they put the they put the the junk sensor on the back end as well because i guess it kind of hangs down a little bit uh I just always wonder, like, like at Big Bad, if they have to pack these things. I'm like, are they packaged in boxes, or is there just, like, a bin of, like... Just a brown shipping label that goes over a, top of a it? A bin of bagged rubber naked people that they gotta keep track of in the warehouse. Because <laughs> um, the other thing about Seamless Bodies is, like, they're the perfect example of something I never want to deal with, where I'm like, I don't want to deal with a thing that will break down over time when I'm posing it. I already don't like it's like hot toys with their seamless joint systems they have sometimes, but like taken to the next extreme where you well, I assume you're putting clothes on top of the figures. I, I would Hopefully. Hope. Then again, you know, it's no. art. No, you then just, again. I mean, if they I, sculpted I, I, all the junk, they gotta do something with it, right? I, I like, only I only accept that if you're displaying it while it's holding its own sensor bars. The ones that are that that have penises, I'm like, I want to see a thing in the YouTube reviews where they're like, there's a flick test, <laughs> where you flick it and it's like, how rigid is it, or does it does it just like squish? Does it go? You know. Um, welcome to our 10th anniversary celebration, by the way, of WTF CFW. Make the sound of a doorstop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does it actually go? I'm like 12. It's great. Um, Aaron's back, I think. Uh, yes, he did is. Did he leave again? No, he's here. All right. No, I'm still here. Uh, well, Aaron, let's, we're going to go into what we got this week. I don't think any of us got naked, seamless body action figures, but, um. No. We start off with the, with the on topics. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you, actually. Did you get, I mean, obviously you got on topic stuff. I saw you get it, but, uh. Yeah. Uh, so the thing I'd want to talk about, um, so I got, uh, Hunger. As a torso, mm-hmm. um, for being like the same skeleton ish as the um, the um, couple three molds that have come out already, that all of them are blanking on the half right of now. Combiner War Voyagers. Um, yeah, uh, it's amazingly different, mm-hmm. uh, especially just the way that like the the neck tilt. For the dragon heads can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and a few of the other tricks that they do along the way uh, go a long way to making that different to the point of it just doesn't, um, like, if I, I could very well see it being if you weren't told, hey, this is a repaint or a, a remold or a retool or whatever, that you may not know. Really, I I feel remold is not even an accurate term anymore for that figure. Like, yeah, and when, especially when I think it, I think it was confirmed. It's more like the the person who designed Silverbolt designed that hunger, and just mm-hmm. decided, you know what, Silverbolt actually really works for this with some mods, and the mods are so uh, pervasive throughout. It's like, I don't know, calling it a retool. I think I, I feel like is a little too reductive. Um, mm-hmm. it's 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 just new enough. It's a little, it's a lot more like if you want to use like some some fan phrasing, it's a lot more like a reshell. But even then, that's not right. It's more like a this this fall this falls into my reincarnation vibe. Yeah, it's like a sibling mold. 
Yeah. Um, like a younger sibling mold because you know it's yeah. born second, but but I I still I need to hit it with another round of um hot water to straighten out the antennae a bit more. Mm. Um, they they were very bad when I first got it, and now uh just since going up to Canada and back, it's kind of worked its way back over. Yeah, the uh, um, but I also don't know if it's like leaned against something in a combined mode or not. So I had the problem with the abominus uh, antenna as well, where out of the box it was like whoever packaged this didn't know how those work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are bent all over the place. Um, um, but yeah, so then the TF Con Hall was the two G two exclusives. The um, Iron Factory Bridge Watcher, Iron Factory, whatever the heck it is they call Jetfire. Cygnus. Um, the Cygnus. Um, I love how you remember all of those no- dumb names. It's because there was the, a good long period where people didn't actually know if he was called Cygnus or Cyguns, and people still get it wrong, or they they kind of just rolled okay. the dice on it, and it, it stuck in my head, you know? Also picked up the Legendary Heroes Flipper. The toy um, of the show! Yes, I I I I would sign that petition in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh um, TJ, let me get you a link. You need to see this thing unless Did you see the little bumblebee everyone was was talking about? Uh I've seen like a thousand third-party bumblebees. Show me. Show me. Oh, you you would you would know what we're talking about. You ain't seen this one yet. Uh here, let me grab you. Oh, I'm just going to grab this off Google image search. Um so when I show, when I send you this link in in the Discord, Bear in mind that this figure in that robot mode is approximately two inches tall. Uh, it's huh. incredible, and and also he transforms a lot, like his a lot, a lot. His rear wheels and their is it fenders, the curvy bits over over top of the wheels. So the the rear wheels and the fender end up in the middle of his torso. Yeah, they fold back one eighty degrees, and the 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 back windows are like. The the so the bottom uh the bottom window of him is the front windshield. The what you're seeing as the like top of the chest is a fake back window. The real back window and the like rear side wing windows like double over and collapse down in his backpack. And so here's the crazy thing I just discovered, because I found pictures of the gold bug version of this. If mm-hmm. you leave those rear window bits up and just leave the back end of the car as it was, it forms the throttlebot shell that's behind his head when he's Goldbug. Okay, you know I that very, that like yeah. that hood. Yeah, it forms that if you leave it untransformed. Cool. This is a good toy. It's also pretty poseable. It's just the, one of the most involved transformations for a figure that is about two inches tall that I've ever seen. It's, okay, yeah, it's incredible. Okay, yeah, that's impressive. Like, I've seen so many of those third-party bumblebees that got really weird design decisions going on that just completely put me off. That is interesting. Well, so many of them start with the baseline of take G1 bumblebee, then add joints and process. This one mm-hmm. did not. This one was like, no, we just want to get bumblebee into that robot mode from that vehicle mode. We don't have to follow the transformation skeleton of the original and in doing so, they they come they came up with something elegant and beautiful. Uh, it's topped off with that head sculpt. Like you can see it in there. That head sculpt in that image, bear in mind, is about the size of a frozen pea, uh, and it looks that sharp in person. 
Like this, this figure stole the show. Um, people from all walks of fandom life, more than one different fandom demographic, were all touting this figure. Every everyone at the show was carrying one of these, or at least every group of people, someone had this in their hands. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like thirty Canadian on the show floor. It was a perfect impulse buy price. It was the same price as ordering it on eBay from a Chinese seller. Um, I, I I can I can talk for days about this little thing. It's <laughs> it's incredible. You want me to actually talk for days? I mean, I could. I, no, no, that's okay. Okay, okay. no I one got, ever wants I got to just, places yeah. to be just tomorrow. Kind of hung. Sorry, I was okay. I was catching a different thing elsewhere. Um, but yeah, so got those. Um, got. Outback and Cindersaur, which I have opened, and hey, what do you know? They're pretty much exactly the same as their. Uh, Are you saying the retools? Their remolds? Yeah, <laughs> they're they're straight up repaints. Who'd have thunk it? But I got it at the basically buy one get one price unintentionally. Yeah, Aaron um, accidentally haggled. Oh, nice! And then yeah, inadvertently strong armed so, a seller afterwards. So, <laughs> in case I don't know if we actually said it in a recorded medium. So it was like as I was walking around uh, the beginning, there was a dog in the background. In the beginning, um, dog really <laughs> hates haggling. Uh, so and then I see uh, a gentleman that had um, like se- I want to say he had like five outbacks and four cinder sores um, sitting on his table, and he had written on a card in front of them, "Outback and cinder sore, eighteen dollars." And I was thinking, hey, that's a heck of a good deal. And so I said, hey, how's, you know, can I can I get on some of that? And uh, so he turns around and grabs the two of them, and I hand him a 20, and he's like, no, it's, it's $18 each. And he turns around and sees that it's the way that it's written. It could be confusing as the two of them for $18. And he's like, oh, no, that's supposed to be each. I was like, oh, no, that's a little bit rich for my blood, but uh, I, I, I think you'll sell them because this was like first thing Saturday morning. And he's like, no, that's what I have written there. And as dumb as it is, that's on me. I'll sell them to you for $18. So I'm like, are you sure? He's like, do you want them for $18? I was like, hey, I mean, I'll take them. And so then I hand him the 20 and kind of make like a no, no, no when he starts digging for change. And then he hands me change. He's like, no. And he's like, it says $18. And he's like, Here's your change. And I was like, oh, okay. I, all right then. Like a Ronin, like an honor bound Ronin. The guy's yeah. like, it's, <laughs> and I wrote this. That is what it says. So Aaron is like, Aaron accidentally strong armed the guy and didn't even tip him. And that's the way I'm telling yeah. the story. Man, I tried. <laughs> Aaron tried to not strong arm him and tried to tried to tried to tip him, but then Aaron didn't he, tip he, him. He and... slapped that back out of my hand yeah. and was like, "No, you don't." <laughs> and you're like, I, "I I don't need to pay nine dollars. I I can pay. I can just walk away." He's like, "No, you are paying eighteen dollars and getting yeah. one of each of these, and I am fixing my sign. This is my penance." <laughs> and then, yeah, shortly after I walked by again, it was. Uh, it was corrected to say each literally with an underscore the most honorable I dealer like, <laughs> i have ever heard of yeah and that's that like wowed me because i was just ready to be told no that's not what it is you're dumb for thinking it would be that way yeah go away <laughs> it was it was a complete 180 from what i expected that interaction to be 
But uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Did a whole lot better job at getting real food at TFCon rather than bar food. We, uh, I did not eat bar food once, and, and I meant to eat breakfast there, and I just never had time. So I, uh, you know, without meaning to, I actually boycotted the bar this year. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that I guess we're not talking about on the episode, so. Yes. Correct. We need to talk about that at a later time. Yes. Being kept in the dark, and it worries me. Of of your own choosing. Yeah, as I said, like you could just go... Like it would take a what? minimal amount of research for you to figure out what I'm talking Honor about. Honor bound, Aaron. <laughs> the Everybody sign today. says 18. <laughs> um, well, then let's uh, let's bop over to you, TJ. What's, what's some on-topic stuff you've been doing? I saw that... Uh, that you were able to to find something, you, you were given a birthday gift by the hunt gods, as you as you might say. Uh, yeah, I I guess that's how you phrase that. Uh, I have a new wave of deluxes: Sinner Twin, Cutthroat, and Blot. Yeah, which I got on eBay. Like I found on eBay, someone listed them for uh, under ninety shipped at a time when everyone wanted over ninety plus shipping for them still. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, you know, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave pretty soon. I gotta go out of town, so maybe if I could get them while, you know, before I leave, I, I would get this. And then I look at the seller; he's in state. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still a little rich with a convention coming up, so I'm only gonna. I would only do this if eBay had one of those random like coupons that they've been doing lately. But what are the? Uh, they were running. Oh, a coupon. like the yeah. Yeah, like the two that happened in the last month and a half. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like mm-hmm. the one that just happened last week. Well, the one that happened today. There's one on right now. So, uh, yeah. So, but for about for about retail plus shipping. And then, of course, the day they came in, I went to my Walmart and oh my god, they actually have them in stock. After like literally three months of nothing. Yeah, because that's how that always happens. Yeah, um, Cutthroat's the easy one to get out of the way. He's very basic. The like the the best I can say is he's very G one accurate. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, <laughs> in in both modes, he looks good. Don't get me wrong. Like I like him. I like posing him because I I dig a figure with some wings for a silhouette. Man, I wish his beast mode did something else. Yeah, it's just very like. I mean, it's it's very it's very a box with beast parts stuck on it. But yeah, um, aside from him, Sinner uh, Twins nice too. Uh, very bulky for the price, which is good. I wish I mm-hmm. wish the I wish the heads were. A, I guess hunger spoiled me. Spoiler alert for what else I got. Yeah, because <laughs> hunger spoiled me for a two-headed land dragon with. Uh, more poseable heads and necks. It's, it's well enough. Well, it's I well wonder, enough for deluxe. It, we kind of wish that like the the back joint was also ball jointed. Yeah. I, I, if if that was, it'd like pop another twenty percent or something. I feel like now that we're getting the add on kits for Volcanicus and Abominus, like. One of the like, I wonder if someone who hasn't shown their hand yet is going to be like. Also, we came up with more jointed beast parts for the Terracons. 
mm-hmm. know, like like more poseable center twin necks or something. I I wouldn't expect. Yeah, except it, for so but... many of them would also be like you just have to knock out these eight pens, get a uh, hole punch, and just you know it, make an evening of it. <laughs> <laughs> Take a swig of whiskey and, and get that liquid courage up, and then <laughs> you wake up. You got holes in your hand, holes in your get table. A hole punch, a sledgehammer. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, the winner of the wave is Blot. Like, so I've it, heard. It's mm-hmm. 2018, and I'm in love with a Blot toy. So is, like, my entire Twitter. So you've heard... Didn't you have the opportunity to mess with my Blot? Me? You. I I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I don't recall the opportunity coming up. I didn't... Did you, you, you got to my room at the hotel, right? I don't think I ever actually went to your room. It was just everybody else. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had all, I had all of them there. Oh, I mean, you know, whatever. I'll find them. But <laughs> now that you're mentioning it, yeah, I never actually went to your room that entire TFCon. Everyone kept coming to mine. Okay. Yeah. Ah, right, that's weird. But uh, no, it sounds like Blot is solid. It sounds like I know people who only bought Blot and they're happy. Oh yeah, yeah I can. I can see why it helps that he transforms in a way that none, none, no, no other like combiner war style figure I've had actually transforms. Like, yeah. he, he's doing something different and it turns him into this big plastic meatball of a beast mode. Uh, I'm kind of happy about that, given how like third party blot was the best of the third party terror cons. I, I, well, I, I can remember liking the Blot toy from the Prime Legends figures a lot, too. It oh, just, yeah! It, it feels like... Because Blot is the one that's, like, in G1, I have no idea what this thing is. It just feels like the runner-up to all these others who have dragon modes and things. I feel like everyone puts some extra love into Blot now. Yeah, well, you know, the joke is, oh, it's the nose monster, but then everyone starts to go like, no, he's also, he's the friggin' nose monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when so, sort of collectively, third party and official, all kind of went like, what if he's a troll? What if he's an ogre? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like they fixed it almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can remember we were so, uh, like, up on that, like, really just, like, super clever hand transformation that gives him the big claws, and it's like... He's so much more than that. Yeah, Aaron Aaron went off about that hand transformation at, at multiple people this weekend. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and, and and always with this glimmer in his eyes, he's talking about that third finger. Uh, and it's yeah, I mean it, it is a it is a smart idea. It's a it's very simple, but it's very smart. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd put it. So those all worked out well enough. Um and currently they are combined because I did get uh, Hunger and Elita 1 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I will echo the sentiments of Aaron. Uh, Hunger is great. He does have elements of Silverbolt, but he wears them in a way that I don't feel like I'm playing with the same toy. And right. Mm-hmm. For as much as I could, for as much as photos, I could go, oh, pff, he's just laying on his back. I could tell you, like, when he's not in abominous form, he spends more time in his beast mode. Cause I, just because I really like how expressive the dragon heads are. They went all out on those in a way that, and I guess in part because they are forming ankle tilts as well. Yeah. 
Um, but but because of that, like they they are ve- like very expressive, you know, mm-hmm. for what is ostensibly the figure's most expressive part. It's his face, faces in this case. Yeah, yeah, and I really like how everything comes together to form up the torso mode. Mm-hmm. He's combined like combiner wars in this in this trilogy we've got going on here is probably my favorite of the torsos. I could see that, yeah. I mean, I think that because he's got all the goodness of the Silver Bolt to Superion Torso transformation, um, <laughs> but with a more playable alt mode, I guess I'd say. Or an alt, an alt mode that, that has, where on Silver Bolt they would be faults. On Hunger, you can't really call them faults because it's just more more beast bulk. Yeah, and the way, just I, I, just, I also really like the way that his front legs form up to not only... Sh- like firm up the uh, the connection points in general, but also fill out the torso armor. It's yeah. just a lot of really clever design choice to him. Yeah. Uh, do, is your Alita One any good? I feel I'm starting to feel like I might have gotten a very lucky Alita One because I love that figure, but I've heard from more than one person that Alita One was basically just Starscream again for them. Uh, yep. Well, I didn't get Starscream. So oh. I don't have a basis for that. <laughs> so if you want to imagine Starscream, yeah, worse Alita, Alita One. One. No, worse Alita One is what Starscream is. Yeah. Honestly, like I've got, I've got a right knee that I wish was a little bit tighter, but it still holds position and holds her up, and everything mm-hmm. else seems fine on her. Outside of you know she has garbage stickers, but what I expect. Yeah. And, and another thing I disagreed with that I read is like, actually, Aaron, you might have said this. Um, were you the one who said like her stickers felt worse than Starscream's, or was that someone else? Yeah, it was someone else. Okay, I read someone but saying that her I, stickers I would, were like. I would not terribly disagree. I would. I'd say Starscream stickers were categorically worse than Alita ones, in that their mm-hmm. badness sticks out way the hell more. Like Alita ones, at least, are part of her color palette. Yeah, my issue is that like not all of them are well placed. Oh no, and and they're cut badly. They are designed badly in many cases. Um, it's just the idea that her stickers are worse than Starscream's. I don't know why this is like the hill I want to die on with Alita One, but like I read that and I was like, no, they are not. They are <laughs> in the realm of bad stickers. They are a, a rung above <laughs> Starscream's. Um. In which case, most people would just go like, okay, buddy, sure. In the realm of bad stickers, those bad stickers are not as bad as the other bad stickers. Um, I don't know. That's the hill I'm dying on. As I say, imagine Alita 1, but worse, and you have Starscream. Okay. Well noted. I'm, I'm kind of glad I did not get Starscream. Like, yeah, aside, aside, uh... for, aside for just feeling like a very unnecessary Starscream toy, um... I don't know, Alita One is just kind of dull to me. Hmm. Like I, 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 I stick by the. Uh, it, it still holds true for me. The novelty of a G One character as a combiner who isn't normally a combiner just doesn't do anything for me anymore. So the yeah. fact that Alita One is a combiner is just, or, or even Starscream is a combiner, is, uh, whatever. It's like it's like more of Sky Rain for you. Yeah, yeah kind of. Like, like I conceptually, enjo- conceptually, yeah. Like I enjoy yeah. Lita One having her like that has like, even if they went safe with the red plastic again, I'm happy that they made a like a Voyager Lita One. I have some kind of like you know big imposing IDW esque Lita One. 
Yeah. Hmm. She's just. I don't. I don't know. Just as a standalone toy without the com without the combination element, she's just very very basic. Yeah. And she mm. and she's a toy where like the like whenever I I start tr- trying to stick up for her, it becomes like me putting my neck out on the line for what is this, like basically a slightly above mediocre Voyager in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like I actually I like that figure a lot, but like I'm I can't like rebute or rebute refute uh refute and rebuke most of the criticisms people have of the figure um, based on just like the physical toy. Yeah, like yeah, you know, like I said, I'm happy to have an Elite One. It's just I'm, it's not a toy I'm likely to pick up in time. Yeah, he's got to get yourself uh, Moon Racer and Firestar on there as limbs, and then go like, wow, maybe I'll get Jazz and Rekgar on here as limbs, and you can join me in the Elite Infinite Club. I really wish they'd round out the female Autobots from that episode so I could have just you know them, or they'd at have least... to stick on a random Rekgars. At least characters who are from that colony in IDW would also be nice, like Tankor yeah. or Obsidian. Yeah. Or... yeah, more Caminus bots would be nice. Or not not Tankor, sorry, uh, Strika or Obsidian. It's um, not Caminus, it's uh, Carcer. Oh, right, Carcer. Carcer. Yeah. Like, Strika and Obsidian, that I could go for. size-wise, it wouldn't make all that much sense, but, like, I don't know, like, Rook redone as, as Strika, and then, like, you know, just some aerial character redone as Obsidian. Um, I would at least be into it, you know, or or council members as well. That would kind of work for me, like any of the Velocitronians. The Elita um, one would just like storm into the council chamber with the Enigma and just force combine people onto her on a whim. Yeah, he grabs the Velocitronians, like knock, hey, knockout and breakdown. We've already got a combiner ready breakdown. So he just grabs knockout and his boyfriend, just grabs like yeah, knock, yeah, and just grabs council members basically, <laughs> just slaps them on and goes like, all right. We're gonna do this. Just the council of me. Yeah. Um. DJ, the was council there anything? Now. Yeah. Was there anything else in your end on topic you wanted to hit up? Uh, a rare third party acquisition. What? I know. What happened to you? What happened to the TJ uh, I know while I was at that TFCon? Okay, look, look. Look, that was before that was before my birthday yesterday. I was younger and foolish. Now I'm uh, now I'm just I'm I'm older and I'm crazy. <laughs> I have the Mech Planet Centurion, the Hearts of Steel Bumblebee. Friggin' do you know okay, I don't mean to yell, but do you know how many of those that were in the dealer room at TFCon? No, I wasn't there. How would I? Okay, you you know a lot of people are after that figure, right? And you think that's a perfect convention figure, right? I would think so. Lots of people yelling that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many... Okay, TJ, how many of those Hearts of Steel Bumblebees do you think was in the TFCon dealer room? Uh, how how many tables do you think had them? I, I have... No, I'll, I'll, work to, I'll work to a slightly easier question. I have no basis for comparison here. Okay. What, what's, what's your gut feel? I know, I'm, I'm somewhere in a dozen. Ho ho! That would have been cool. As far as I can yeah. tell, one table had two. <laughs> I know this because my friend Hoopla owns one of them, and he's pretty sure he saw a second one. Okay. But there were, as far as I know, 
one or two of that figure at TFCon. And I have never seen so many people spending a Saturday of a two-day convention all angry about the same thing until art theft happened. All angry about mm-hmm. the same thing. <laughs> of just tons of people going like, I just, I thought they would have seen all the chatter that everyone's down for this inexpensive impulse buy of a toy. So... A whole bunch of us held off on buying it, going, now oh, get it at TFCon. It'll be simple. One person found it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had, to, I, had to, I had to get that out of my system. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, I wish you'd picked it up because it's a great figure. <laughs> as far as I know, it I, is. I think a lot of people wish they'd been able to yeah. pick it up. The 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 what the one the one person who could speak to it said yes this is very good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's yeah, it, it is fantastic. It is what is the time where I'm very happy that I broke my third party rules because I love I love the look of the little vehicle mode. It's a cute little steam engine, and it, and it's a. Very involved. It's a very nice transformation to get him to and from. The joints are rock solid. In some case, too solid. Oh, nice. There's elements of the transformation steps where I'm like, uh, is that supposed to go that way? Is it okay? Yeah, I think it is. They okay. Now it's moving. Now it's moving. Okay, we're good. And everything forms up nice and smooth. He's got panels on his back that hide any of the gaps and gimbals. It's very nice. And yeah, I I am hyped for that figure. I'm gonna. I mean, it's it's easy enough to get online, so I'll just I'm gonna end up ordering one. But I yeah, like I ended up like almost just because I was like I still like this company a lot when I picked up some of my my small figure stuff uh, in the dealer room. Um, I picked up their two pack of Hubcap and Cliff Jumper. Yeah, because uh, I like their Bumblebee. Um, I, I like Flipper more now, but I still like their Bumblebee. And so I was like, now I'll get the two pack. It's got like three jet packs and two rocket launchers in it. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that company, I, I like what they do. Like they, they have a certain simplicity to what they do that sometimes is a bit of a ceiling on what their figures are capable of, but then they also have a price ceiling. Uh, and that, that Hearts of Steel Bumblebee, I think is like the most expensive thing they've released so far. Like that was the risk they took. Uh, it was a good risk because it, it, it is a fantastic little figure. Uh, so, have you seen the packaging of it? And it's designed like one of Takara's like book style reissues. That's a, that's how they do all their packaging. It's and it's they are like twenty thirty dollar figures, and I've actually been keeping their boxes because they look so nice. Mm. Okay, so since it is like that reissue G one style packaging, the uh, instructions included are very much the G one style instructions with photos and brief little, albeit English. Uh, text blurbs to tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we talked in length about G1 instructions are the only good instructions, right? So this should be good instructions, right? Yeah. These are the most mm-hmm. garbage instructions I've ever read in my life. I can one-up you with something that I got at TFCon. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to look forward to this. So the English instructions are already hilarious enough because sometimes it is hard to follow what it's talking about. There's the fact that this sheet of instructions leaves out at least a third of what you need to do. Even if you're <laughs> paying the most meticulous attention to the transformation steps, there's still stuff it leaves out and it doesn't tell you how stuff's supposed to move from one position to another. Things just appear there from one photo to the next. 
I it took me twice as long to transform this thing as it should have, and I still didn't get it right. He's supposed to have weapon storage underneath for his mm-hmm. for his big mallet weapon. That only that only happens if you take his heels that are on ball joints on the back of his feet and rotate them 180 degrees. The instructions in no way tell you to do that, even though they tell you later on how to use the weapon storage. And it does not affect the transformation in any way. So you get him completely into vehicle mode, never realize he did something wrong. Man. That's, yeah, because I, I guess because most of their other figures are so simple that their instructions kind of just hit everything. Um, man, yeah, that's that's actually unfortunate to hear. I'm I'm surprised. Because uh, their instructions have generally been ones where I'm like, no, they kind of hit it for the most part. Um... But yeah, like I said, I think it's because also all their other figures are so simple. I mean, other than other than that, everything's spot on. Like, I don't have any complaints other than that. He's fantastic. Yeah, no, that's that's one of my that's one of my next gets. I might wait until there's a toy show in September, and I might see if anyone there has it. Just you know, more excuses to to wait for stuff. <laughs> but. uh... I'm glad someone on the podcast got it. I thought that we would all have it by now. Actually, I have no idea if Aaron wanted it. Aaron, did you actually want that figure? I I, I wanted you to get it so I could see it. Well, now you want it. <laughs> I'm I'm casting eh. you. It's uh, it's it's homework. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna throw this out here real quick. Uh, thank you to the warning from Gokai Killer Ben who screenshotted Aaron's tweet of blast off and sent it to me to warn me of this is happening to blast off on Amazon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The wonderful. Yeah. Aaron, did we say that? in? I don't think we said it in recording recording, but uh, you ordered, no, you ordered uh, blast off on Amazon. Yeah. So you got uh, blast off um, on Amazon. Yeah. So <laughs> what would that have been Sunday night? I get a tweet saying, Hey, blast off is up on Amazon. And so I click the link and it goes to a, Hey, we're sold or uh, that item is not available in your location screen which i was like okay i think my phone might have gotten finger quote smart saw that i was in canada went to amazon.ca and said hey it's not there yet so i backed out i searched amazon the the amazon app for uh blast off and uh one showed up and it was the images that the the new one has and i was like okay cool it was my smartphone being again finger quotes smart and so then I ordered it, and it was like, okay, it'll be shipping rapidly. I was like, all right, cool. And then a package shows up today, and I open it up, and it's the old jet blast off. Yep. You got blast off, and just like you ordered. Yeah, just exactly like I ordered. And I went back, and I went, maybe I screwed it up. And I go back, and I see that it that the order that I clicked on is a not a... Uh, like delivered by Amazon, but as something else. And I go through the whole search terms again and blast off's not showing up. And I go to the TFW front page and I find the link that says it's a, that it's blast off. And it looks very much like a, Hey, something's kind of screwed up on our site. So we're not actually selling this right now. And we don't know how anybody's going to buy it. So yeah. Remember back in the day when you try to order a deluxe, when people try to order deluxes or something from Kmart, and they just send you a random deluxe they had in the warehouse. This yeah. felt very much like that. Oh yes, deluxe yes. transformer. 
<laughs> yep. I mean, it's the same name yeah. and kind of the same line. So, like, I can maybe understand a, a little bit. No, don't give but, them that much. Amazon like, makes, like, $93 million a day or something. Oh, like, yeah. The- <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, I, I can understand how that would happen in a factory. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's, yeah, that's silly. It's kind of... I mean, understandably, you know, sucks for you, but also it's kind of funny that, like, the mm-hmm. the joke error actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, TJ, I want to tell you how I'm going to one-up you on the instructions thing. Please do. Um, so I got, I mentioned this, I think, on in one of the podcast panels. I got some X2 Toys stuff. Um, I got their little uh, Optimus called Giga Raiden, who's like a little Chogokin-laden Optimus Prime with a uh, a Titan's Return Headmaster port when you fold his head away. Because uh, X2 toys are crazy, and I love them. Um, and I also got Sky Crusher, which is their Jetfire they released some months ago, who's also a Headmaster with an unfortunate face sculpt, but also LEDs in the eyes of that Headmaster. Um, and it's like a leader-sized with die-cast Jetfire, who's very blocky and, and just a good-feeling toy. His instructions, however... Uh, now, A, his instructions are all grayscale, right? Uh, grayscale with blue circles and green arrows all over the place. No language. It's a single 12 by 15 sheet with 117 images on it. So 117 oh. postage s- stamp sized instruction images. Uh, some of which are wide shots taken at quite a distance. Uh, these are bad instructions, uh, as, as we call them in the business, <laughs> which also are very comprehensive, except for the part where they leave out what on earth the weird black foamy stickers are for. And I found out in the thread, those are actually to add grippies to his feet, which is, which is a good, helpful thing. He also comes with a, a snap kit of a little diaclone driver style figure who's made entirely of ball joints. Uh, mm-hmm. It comes with magnets that you have to super glue in, uh, looking at the instructions for it. Uh, it looks really cool. I haven't built it yet, but I, I just love it. They also had a, so it's a gray one with jet, with their jet fire. There's an orangey red one with their Optimus. I love this company. They are so kooky and they're always like, also, here's the surprise bonus entire toy you're getting with the toy you bought. <laughs> you know, in this case, like a magnet laden, uh, diaclone driver, um, so I want to highlight X2. I saw in one of the threads someone referred to them as the best company nobody's talking about, and I kind of have to agree. Uh, their their attitude and their products are really cool. Like, you know, not perfect, but, like, so fun and so quirky and so very much not trying to fall in line with what, you know, people who want to spend $500 a month on third-party toys are demanding from other companies. X2 is like, I don't know, screw them. We want to make what we want, and we want to have fun with it. And if you're along for the ride, you're along for the ride. And let me tell you, I'm along for this ride. Uh, They're putting out a replacement headmaster for the Jetfire with a better head sculpt. It looks like it is coming with an exosuit for Titan Masters as well that can also transform into an armor backpack for their Jetfire. Because they crazy! (laughs) I love them. Um... I also opened up some of my uh, exclusives where I wasn't sure if I should have bought them. Um, I opened up the Grimlock Steel Core, uh, Severo Core, and I didn't know that his retooled claws had double hinges, and I thought I had broken them until I realized that part was supposed to move. Uh, And also, it turns out, I still really like Steel Core. I was worried. I was like, I love Steel Core, 
but it's been like six years. Am I still going to love this? And I actually still love it. It's a very satisfying toy and transformation. Uh, and I popped open the three exclusive Ocular Max cassettes. It's basically one of each mold. Um, I mostly wanted Enemy, and then I ended up getting the Cobalt Sentries. Uh, and I, I like all those molds. So I was like, no, I remember now. I actually really like these molds. But then the more I look at them, I'm also like, don't know if I actually needed Cobalt Sentries. Because... I like their molds, but when I'm looking at them on my desk, I'm like, man, I love these, especially when they're Ravage and Laserbeak and Buzzsaw. And, like, I already have those. So maybe I didn't need to pick those up. But but Enemy makes me happy. And I I, I didn't realize till I got home and opened them up that, like, oh, Enemy came with the pile drivers with those little servo motors or whatever in them. So they actually oscillate. Uh, and, and the little display stands. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Um, there's other stuff I got at TFCon. You know, I got I got Magic Square, Inferno, and Grapple. Those are very solid. Uh, but I think I talked about those at the Sunday panel. Um, and I'm not going to try to dig in my memory for tons of other stuff. I got lots of art actually in the last minute. I, I got uh, I got some. I got Alex Milne had this really cool Unicron print of his. You know, the, the reveal image for IDW Unicron from a couple months ago. Um, he got it done on uh, like 80 pound paper. I think it was. It's really heavy paper. It looks awesome. Um, got some stuff from Nick Roche and from uh, Sarah Petra Durochane, from Josh Perez. Uh, got a couple of really cool Beast Wars perlers uh, with magnets on the back, so I can stick them on my fridge. Um, also picked up a Tarantulas print from. Uh, now I got all their cards, but they're not on me. It's an artist who only goes to two conventions in Ontario, but he uh, is one of the also now I think four or five people who first saw me on Channel Awesome as opposed to YouTube. And so I had some fun talking to him. Um, I picked up some other prints, too. Uh, someone had done some really cute uh, watercolor-style mug shots of a bunch of Transformers characters in an IW style. Uh, those are those are super neat. Um, so I've got to find places for all of it uh, that isn't just part of the art tube that's in my closet. I want to start... I want to at least get some poster putty and stick these things onto the doors of my cabinets um, and onto my walls around here. But then, like, the Alex Milne print is, like, on heavy paper, and I'm like, should I be getting a frame for this? And I don't know anything about getting frames. Like, other, like I guess you just go buy a frame and put the thing in it. But then, like, Pretty generally much. how it works, yes. Aren't you supposed to get, like, an acid-free frame or something? And and, and this is like a... So it's it's more so that the, the paper be acid-free? Yeah, the backing has to be so acid-free and preferably... It, or... It's not going to do anything. And then you can get just, like, glass frames where it's just yeah glass holding it in place. The paper that goes around it to like frame it inside of the frame mm -hmm. should also be acid free and then well we, well if it's, it's, it's you, done. you can do glass but he can do uh like a uv resistant uh plexiglass yeah i can or someone even, i'm pretty someone, sure you can get like a uv resistant glass glass can someone take me frame shopping <laughs> Can an adult take me frame shopping, please? Yeah, please. Can can like a, an adult just come over and like and tell me what to do, and also buy the frames? <laughs> uh, just to just go to a frame shop and hand it. A, I don't know what this is. Help me fix it. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, I also I, something that my mom had picked up at a toy show in BC, and I, and I brought back here, and I I just I didn't open them up until like yesterday, but. Uh, do you remember Reveal the Shield Perceptor? Mm -hmm. um, I, my mom had found a dealer at the Cherry Bomb Ultimate Toy Show uh, who had the Japanese version. And I am one of two people, or maybe three people, who actually likes that figure. So I wanted, to, so I got the Japanese version now, and I popped him open. And uh, I transformed him without instructions successfully. Uh, 
And I realized at the very end, I was like, oh, right, the part that everyone hates is where his arms are attached to a backpack that does not really lock into place. So it's really easy for his backpack to flip open and take with it both of his shoulders. Uh, and that is a problem. But I still really like this figure. I love the way he looks. Uh, he's got this, I love his head sculpt, like his very, like, huh? You know, very, like, long-faced, just, like, monotone head sculpt. I love his proportions. I love his his shoulder rocket launcher with the kind of meaningless crosshairs thing that's behind his head. Um, I still like this toy. Lots of people don't. You all have Titan's Return Perceptor now. It's probably better, but I, I like I like Perceptor who turns into a... What do you call it? The truck with the tracks on the back. His name for those. A half track? Yeah, he turns into, into a scientific half track. Um, I like that figure still. Anyway, uh, that's all I got on topic. Um, off topic, I didn't really get anything off topic. I was I was so busy being at a Transformers convention, being on topic. Uh, that and I couldn't find anything that wasn't Transformers to pick up that I was interested in. Um, although, I heard from Stan Nurse Midnight that there were some deals to be had on Marvel Legends, and I also found out some Marvel Legends that I didn't know are rare are actually quite rare now. Uh, like, what was the one off the top? He said he got a good deal on, on Marvel Legends Tigra. And I was like, wasn't that Tigra the one that was, like, kicking around shelves forever? And he was like, well, yeah, but it's also the only one they ever did. So it ended up becoming valuable. And I was like, huh. Um, but, uh, Aaron, did you do anything off topic while you were there? Or? Um, got the um, Epic Tiny... Galaxies or Tiny Epic Galaxies board game. Oh, yeah. Uh, was potentially looking at playing that. Didn't get around to a game of it. Um, got um, well, you split four of the five Planeswalker decks. And you split the anthology finally. Yeah, we finally split the anthology. Got uh, sleeves for everything and Dragon Shield sleeves. Each box has its own, like, epic tale about the color of dragon of these sleeves. Silly. Um... That it is very silly. Um, trying to think if there's anything really, truly interesting. Well, uh, which really. which uh, for people who want to know, when you split up the commander anthology, which decks did you take, and how long did so it take I until up, I ended up figuring out whose tokens go with what for all of y'all? I ended up getting uh, breed lethality, which was the Atraxa deck. And should the not, um, you should not have that. You you are too dangerous with that deck in your hands. Yeah. That's and then the uh, built from scratch deck, which was the uh, Goblin Planeswalker as the commander. All right. And yeah, that playing that attracts a deck. I got everybody to kind of scoop a lot quicker than I thought. Uh, friggin' a game would go for. Well, but none of, none of us drew uh, none of us drew removal, and then you proliferated a million times, and then I was trying was telling everyone, hey, you should. I think I only proliferated. F- Five times, like a million times, not a million times. Like we proliferated like like a billion times. And <laughs> no, the the, the definite saved grace of that was the fact I had the thing that proliferates, which gives you more plus one plus one counters, and then I had a creature that was like, you can remove a plus one plus one counter from this and or and get a mana of any color, and I had um, issues with getting the fourth color that I needed, and that took care of those issues. Yeah. I'm not saying Aaron top decked his entire endgame. I'm just saying Aaron, you know, Aaron had good draws. Yeah, Aaron did have good draws. Aaron, uh, Aaron maybe was having maybe his draws were a little too good. You know, you know what I'm saying? Saying maybe, maybe, maybe Aaron was card sharking us all. 
with his uh, you know, using using some of that engineering science. To <laughs> no, it was just uh, the card shark. Sure. I don't know. Well, you know what? Good game. You know what? Good game. Yeah. I had fun. Yes, you I, did. Clearly. <laughs> I, I I wish we could have maybe gotten it done a day sooner so we could get another game or two in. But well, it became. I I I, I realized the thing became like, hey, if we start playing magic in the room, we start playing a bunch we're of just games. We're not going to go to the bar. Yeah. I, I, I missed out on the bar for a couple days, but I also got some good chill and some good magic in. We played some Pauper, too. I brought my Pauper decks, and yeah. uh, and you guys were really enjoying those, it seemed. Yeah, we had some fun with it. You you friggin', you cracked the code on that Vampiric Lifelink card <laughs> yeah. right at the last minute when you were you were cornered and dead, and then you drew the right thing. Yeah, You're, put Lifelink on your enemies yeah. in game. Uh, device put, put, and put lifelink on, confuse it all on the eight eight who's killing you. <laughs> yeah, that was an intense that that game swang like twice if I remember correctly. Yeah, like you guys played the hell out of those cards. Yeah, we ha- we did have a good time. Yeah. Um. Well, TJ, swing over to you. Um, any off-topic stuff on your end aside from like our weird gliosis side that we went on while Aaron was away? Yeah. Uh, nothing really besides that. Just. Many hopes and dreams of Amazon pre-orders, <laughs> um, and hope hopes that you do not get a perhaps jet-styled blast-off. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, I hopes. can just send you mine, so we can just like <laughs> you know short circuit that. You can just okay. return yours for you. What like? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't really do any like like. For me, off-topic was getting to see my Pauper Magic decks actually getting played and getting to play them against each other and and seeing that they were actually really fun. Um, and playing some uh, Commander. I, I want to try my Moldrotha Commander deck again because I was, I was digging it, but I was playing next to friggin' Luke Harbinger who brought, like, all of his much fancier-than-mine decks. And uh, that that game went went strange. Um, I think Josh Barricade sixty four ended up winning that with one of Luke's decks because he ended up with a uh, he ended up with a twelve twelve trample commander and then a a Hydra whose power kept doubling every time it attacked and on the final turn the Hydra was like a one twenty eight one twenty eight Hydra um it was rude it was good it was good though so I guess that brings us to the end of the show episode five twenty so thank you all for joining us and if you've been here since the beginning thank you for joining us for potentially ten years. Um, you know, we're all in the window of having joined us for ten years. Uh, Aaron, thanks for uh for for popping in for reminding me we could t- we technically still had to record an episode also after TFCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, TJ, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know, it's kind of your your one free night before MetroCon. Yep, it's yeah, it's on the road as soon as I'm done with this. Well, sleep then on the road. Yeah, I was like, that's 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 a late that's a late hour to take off, but I can respect it. <laughs> Oh, you gotta uh, beat so the yeah, traffic, you know. It's that, it's that, it's that Florida, it's Florida rush, right? Like when the oh, sun yeah. comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, have a lot of fun at Metrocon. Um, enjoy yourself. Get some some of that R and R if you can. Uh, and then, uh, as for all of you, dear listeners, we'll talk to you again later on. Hopefully, my plan is that this will be edited last. So by the time this is out, you should also be able to hear some uh, some podcasting from TFCon. Uh, maybe check out some interviews if you're so inclined. Um, and. Uh, 
yeah, we'll talk to you later. Until then, please stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.